Hello, it is our favourite time of the day. It is time for Pet Chat. It's Sarah with you. And a big welcome to Cheryl Shaw and Dr David Dabrett. Hello to you both. Hello, Sarah. Cheryl, can I just thank you? You have brought in, and I'm smelling it, you can look at it on the camera, 2NURFM.com, a bunch of lilies for me. I have, because I know you don't have a dog over Easter. I don't have a dog. You only have a dog and you don't have a cat. Oh, you are so sweet. So I get lilies and we're going to talk about lilies today. Lilies and cats. Okay, and David? Cheryl, can you give him a nudge? David's a nudge. Sorry. Wake up. Did you work last night? Yes. Ah, okay. Yes. Looking well, after patients all night. Well, yep. stay, stay awake for us oh, because, um, yeah, we, we need to talk to you. What are we chatting about today? Mm, well, a couple of problems I saw last night, actually, with uh, dogs. I had two dogs that ate chocolate. Oh, Ooh. really? It's a tragedy when they eat your chocolate because then you have to go and buy more. Well, that's, <laughs> and I heard it affects them as well. Oh, yes, that's right. <laughs> Not so much mental distress. <laughs> Sorry. But... <laughs> so we'll look at that. I was a lucky girl today, Cheryl. You've spoilt me with a bunch of lilies. Thank you so much. Uh, and I can have them because I don't have a kitty cat. But you do need to be wary if you do have a cat around the place of lilies. Absolutely. Whilst Gizmo's not going to sort of rub against those or eat them, often cats, which are so inquisitive, can investigate anything you bring home. So a bunch of flowers either given to you by somebody or delivered by a florist, you need to make sure that there's no lilies in there if you've got a cat because mm. a lot of cats jump up on the benches, on tables where you'll have your lovely floral arrangement. But what, what it is with lilies, every part of the lily is actually toxic to the cat. Gee. So even if it's the um, if they jump up and chew on the petals or on the leaves, the stems, even if they drink the water, they have an issue with um, a problem that could cause toxicity for them. So it's really important that you uh, make sure that you don't have any lilies in the house if you do have a cat. But it doesn't stop there just with them chewing um, or eating, ingesting the, the water. If they get any of the pollen, that little dust that's on the end of the stamens... Oh, which, which drops, yes. obviously, as the flowers get older. It drops quite readily. It does. And they can walk on that, Sarah, on the bench, but also they can rub their nose or part of their body on it. Now, as we know, cats lick themselves, and when they lick, they'll ingest that. And so you might not even be aware that the cat has done anything and hasn't eaten the lilies. It's just that really toxic dust that is um, in that pollen. So it's really important if you've got the lilies, remove them from where the cat is and if you're buying or taking lilies to a friend over Easter because lilies are a symbol of Easter just make sure they're not cat owners. Yeah that's that's some really good advice so cats are obviously they're quite poisonous for cats. So Absolutely toxic. David's the kidneys that it affects is it? Yeah and we don't really know what is the compound mm -hmm. but we do know that it's in all parts of the lily flower as, and the plant as you said. And we don't know that there's any safe dose. So right. I think your advice is absolutely spot on. It's if there's a cat around, no lilies. Yeah. That's the safest way. So worst case scenario, just say, um, you know, a cat has been infected by these lilies. Um, what sort of signs are we going to see and what do we do? Well, it, it uh, causes kidney disease, as Cheryl was saying. So generally acute kidney injury is quite fast, quite quick. And it will cause general malaise. They'll become really depressed and lethargic. They'll start vomiting, um, go off their food. Uh, they may start drinking more or they may stop drinking altogether as their kidneys completely shut down. And this will happen quite quite quickly after the contact of yes. the lily? Yeah. Um, and so 
that's why we're saying prevention is the best. Yeah. Because yep. it's very hard to institute effective treatment if they've already been exposed to it. And sometimes people don't even realise that it has been the lilies that yeah. have created the problem because they're used to having flowers mm. in their home and, you know, the cat rubs against that lily. That's right. And they don't. it, it doesn't require a large amount of the flower. As you said, the pollen or the water mm. could be all that's needed to cause the problem. And so you could go out, cat's at home, you come home, nothing's disturbed. Yes. Everything looks the same. And, you know, that day, the next day, your cat's now collapsed and sick so best to uh take that advice and um avoid lilies at this well any time of the year yeah but particularly, particularly now the... when they're around and it's sort of the easter flower so it may not have been curiosity that killed the cat could have been the lily oh mm. knowing cats oh. is probably everything true <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do have trouble with uh their their particular metabolism does uh, cause them to become um more intoxicated with a lot of things that perhaps dogs and people don't uh, don't seem to have problems with. You know, it's made me aware because I often will get my mother-in-law lilies, but she's got cats. Oh. So mm. before we started speaking about it, I didn't even think twice. So yeah, so yeah. roses in future. Yeah, that's exactly right. She likes roses as well. So it's a, it's it's a win-win. Okay, we're going to go to the phones now. Four nine two one six two one six. Cherie, you're in Patterson. Have you got a question for our vet, Dr. David Tabret? Yeah. Um. I've got um, guinea pigs. At, or I had two mothers and I've six babies. Four mm. was one and two was the other. Um, one of the mothers has been taken by a snake. Um, so now I have just the one mother looking after the six babies. Yep. Um, they are feeding on their own. They're approximately two weeks-ish yep. old, but they're still nurturing, like still suckling on her. Yeah. My question is, is is there something that I can give her, like an extra nutrient or like um, it feed them lettuce, more lettuce or more carrot or something to give them more oomph no, you so prob- they don't probably, completely drain her? Yeah, you probably don't need to because guinea pigs are a species that are what we call precocious from birth. Yep. So they're actually, yep. a, as babies, they can actually... Uh, feed themselves and look after themselves. They will nurse a little bit off their mother, but it doesn't last for very long. And two weeks, I would have said, was probably almost they should have finished. Um, well, yeah, no, they're still, they're still... Some of the littler ones are still nursing. There's probably still three or four of them that are still sort of... Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the most important thing, though, is for the mother is to actually give her a vitamin C supplement. Um, okay. So guinea pigs, um, like Dalmatians and primates people and chimpanzees and so on, do not formulate ascorbic acid in their body, so that's vitamin C, and we need to yep. supplement them, and particularly during pregnancy and uh, lactation um, when they're feeding, then that's an yep. important time. And so you will find there's a number of different ways you can do that. Um, you can actually just use a vitamin C liquid and make sure it's added to the water, and yep. uh, you have to do that every day because vitamin C um, oxidizes and deteriorates in um, every day in the in the water. So just make sure it's topped up fresh sample uh, each day. And yep. that, that's probably all you really need to do as long as the rest of the diet is well balanced. Um, yep. And, you know, you shouldn't really have a problem there. Yeah, okay, awesome. Okay. I, just, I was concerned, yeah. No worries. Thanks for the call. Thanks. 
thank you for the call. Some good advice there. 49216216 is our number. Just a reminder, a little later on in the show, we will be announcing the winner for our dirty dogs. Now, you can head to our website, 2NURFM.com, and you'll see some great pictures there under more. If you click on more at the top and then go to 2NURFM's Dirty Dogs, you'll see um, February's winner as well. Now, Kylie won this. And dog. And no, we've got a great what? before and after photo. You've swapped the dog, Cheryl. No, no, David's pointing at that. that. Is saying, amazing. And I'm going, what's he pointing at? No, no, no. That's a good, that's a they're good bathroom cleaner. Dogs. What we're talking about is there's oh, a before photo goodness. of the dirty dog entry, and then there's an after oh. photo after Cheryl has got her paws on the pooch, and it's just amazing the difference, oh, isn't it? Goodness. Isabella looks lovely. Yeah, she does. So, look, you can win a groom um, and a, a dry spa package for your pooch as you know, well by heading there. If, whenever you're ready to go out on the town to a ball or anything, so, yeah. yeah, you know who to get to do your hair now. <laughs> Did Actually, you see Cheryl, that? I That's amazing. And I know. I know. There are amazing at Dog Overboard the things you do with the dogs. Oh, just incredible. ridiculous. I know. Very clever. Mm. We are talking pet chat and taking your calls, 49216216. We've got Jennifer from Gwondolin. Um Now, you've got a question for Dr. David Tabret. Uh, yes, I do. Uh, we have a five-year-old English staffy who we've just recently relocated. My daughter has to Morissette. Um, just wondering if uh, magnolia bushes could affect the dog. There are two in the backyard. In terms of poisoning or allergies? Or uh, just skin allergy. Has, skin she has severe skin allergy and gut allergy as well. Oh, okay. That's terrible. Now, you said relocated from where to Morissette? From Gwondolin. Okay. Yeah, you, to you, Morissette, did, you yeah. did say that. Um, yeah. Well, look, in terms of uh, the things that can cause, that we find when we run uh, skin testing for allergens, mm. We look yes. at a whole variety of plants, pollens, flowers, um, trees that are tested against and also things like fleas and house dust mite and those sort of things. And mm. uh, look, the spread of um, problems that we see with dogs with allergies is it's usually it's not just one uh, th- plant that's causing the problem. There'll actually yeah. be a number of uh, plants. And that kind of makes sense when you think that the immune system is primed up, ready to respond, and yeah. anything that gets into the system. Also, a lot of these plants are closely related. And so uh, the way they present to the body is going to be very similar. So we usually find it, you may have one tree and then you move somewhere else, but it could be there's another species very similar or your dog is just primed up for allergies. And oftentimes when we say about relocating with regard to allergies, we're talking like a 1,000 kilometres. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like going, yeah. going down the road, you're, mm. just, you're not going to change the environment that much because they'll okay. pol- pollens can blow in from, you know, on a windy day, you can get pollens blowing from tens of kilometres away. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So in particular kind of trees, then, sure, it's possible. Um Magnolia, I can't say for sure that I've seen that itself, but as I said, mm. most of the dogs that we see that get tested for this usually come up positive to m- more than one. Um, so okay. if it's a particular problem and really that's severe, uh, then you can look into desensitization, and that's a really good strategy, particularly with a, you know, a five-year-old dog. This is going to be an ongoing problem for a long time, so something to consider there. Absolutely, and taking your calls on 49216216.
we're going to go to Patrice now from Cessnock. Now, you do have a problem with your pup and fur balls, or your pet and fur balls. Yes, uh, fur balls and nails. Um, She's a little Persian tabby who's adopted me, Mm -hmm. and uh, she has extreme difficulty in passing her feces because of fur ball. Okay. A lot of... um a lot of cats, particularly the long-haired breeds, do get this sort of problem. And sometimes we see it's because they don't groom enough, and then when they do, they get lots of hair on their tongue. And if you look at a cat's tongue, they've got these little, uh, they're called papillae, mm. and they sit up and they actually face backwards. So because of that, they give a kind of a, a catch on your fingers if you touch them, and people say, oh, they've got a barbed tongue. Um, and it helps them to grab food and to hold on to it and things like that. But what the effect is that if they're licking their coat, they'll often pick up hair, loose hair off their coat. So sometimes they may not, you know, um, we see furballs with cats that are older and overweight where they just uh, sit around and they don't groom themselves enough. And when they finally do, all this hair comes off. And then on the other side, we see cats that are actually over-grooming. And so these are cats that will have patches of hair missing or hair broken off and they're just actually chewing the hair off. Um, And either way, it ends up in their gut. So um, it can sometimes actually help with digestion because it's uh, going to help stuff pass through. And then at other times, like you're experiencing, it can get stuck. There's a couple of ways to approach it. You can actually get some um, laxative gel for cats uh, and that um, works reasonably well you do have to be careful with it though in the long term because it will cause the cat to become deficient in some minerals it interferes with absorption of minerals uh, in their gut so that's very important the other thing is you can actually get a dietary food that's made up that has insoluble uh, sorry insoluble fiber in the food and that helps to drag the hair through and help them to pass it out. Um, and that's just like called a furball diet. Yep. And that works really well. Um, if you have a cat that you've done those kind of things and you're still having problems, then I'd certainly investigate for skin disease um, or other causes. You know, some cats that have arthritis, they don't groom themselves enough. And then they, when they do, they get uh, this problem. So there's, sometimes there's a medical cause there. And sometimes it's just adding the diet add in the fur, uh, the cat lax to help get the laxative effect. And, you know, that might be a couple of times a week. You don't have to do it every day. Right. So try those things, I would think. Okay. Now, also, um, she has... She's on a very good diet, mm-hmm. but, but her nails are extremely long. Instead of walking, she's flying all over the place. Oh. I was catching on the clothes and... Yep. furniture and what have you. If, yeah. Do we have podiatry for cats? Absolutely, absolutely. And that's, you know, if you um, you can see groomers will help you with that, but also at the vet clinics can help you with that. Um, there are There's a condition in cats that can cause overgrowth of their nails, mm-hmm. which is uh, hypothyroidism. So if they're thyroid gland, it's a fairly common hormonal disorder. Right. And in older cats, that can sometimes be a medical cause. And I, I kind of always... When I talk to people on the radio, I always say, let's make sure there's no medical cause because I don't want to send you down the path of saying, oh, let's just clip her nails for the next so many years and then it actually turned out there was a reason. Right. But having said that, most of the time it's just they need their nails trimmed. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if you see your vet or um, pet shop, they might be able to help you out. 
some people will do it at home. Um, if your cat's really well behaved, you can, but just be aware that... <laughs> you might get a few extra scars after you, Yeah, there could be a bit of blood around and it won't be your cat's. It'll be yours. So pay a professional to do it is my advice. <laughs> Thanks for the calls, Pat- Patrice. And we do have a free line now. If you've got a question for Dr. David Tabret, 49216216. Now, look, Easter is but upon us once again, which oh, I'm very excited about. Very excited. I shouldn't eat chocolate, but at least I won't oh. die from it. Well, maybe over time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure you won't, actually. Okay. In fact, it, you know, there's a lot of good research that says that in... Certain. Moderation, dark, dark that's chocolate. the word. Dark mm. chocolate uh, contains some good antioxidants and it's good for you. And we get a little bit of a buzz from it. We get that kind of oh, that's the really nice feeling. Well, it's due to chocolate contains uh, compounds called methylxanthines, which stimulate catecholamines, which is like your adrenaline, noradrenaline, and um, can also affect serotonin levels in the brain. Mm. It's that, like a drug. It's a drug. Yeah. And you know what, Sarah, I know that this doesn't apply for you, but some people, they get this oxytocin effect because they sit around and they share their chocolate. Never heard of it. I know. Never experienced no. it. <laughs> I wait till the kids go to bed. I hide it up in the cupboard and then, you know, well, I don't share with anyone. Yeah, moderation for the kids, of course. Oh, well, but um, while, we get that, while we get that nice little feeling from it, unfortunately, dogs are much yes. more sensitive. Someone asked me yesterday about cats. Well, do cats get it? There's two things. They don't, they're not as sensitive as dogs. Secondly, yeah, they're a bit finicky. So they actually don't eat chocolate yeah, if it's offered fussy. to them, really. You're, we were talking about the dark chocolate and, I guess, mm. um, the higher-quality chocolate, and that's actually worse. I mean, better for us with the, with the higher cacao and cocoa and all of that. Yeah, but that's mu- exactly right. Much worse for, for our dogs. So the, the compounds... <clears throat> sorry, the compounds, that's that verbal. The compounds that are... <laughs> we're passing that, it around. The compounds we're worried about are these methyl sand things, and theobromine is the name for the, the one that we usually worry about. So it's contained in the cocoa butter and so the higher the quantity which is your darker chocolate so yep. that could be you'll see these are sometimes advertised as 70 80 percent cocoa and that means that's really packing a punch yeah um, now i saw a dog last night that had um little wilson um he ate 400 grams of milk chocolate which was 25 percent and by my calculation... That's a fair hunk. Touchwood, he should be okay. You're right, but Willie. Touchwood, but he came in and he was fine. And my oh, calcu- really? Yeah, and I got out my little chocolate calculator. It's not a calculator made of chocolate. It's a calculator that tells me how dangerous chocolate is. <laughs> it would have been eaten if it was the other <laughs> yes, way around. He would have gone for it. <laughs> and uh, I worked out that he, he probably would have had a, quite a toxic dose. Wow, so, but he's okay. But he was okay. So did you just keep him in for observation? Well, he was. it was a fair time since he'd eaten it Okay. before he came in. So he's obviously gotten into the, the chocolate. Um, it and wasn't given to him. No, that's right. And that's why I was saying that you've got to go and buy more. Um, so number one, keep your pets away from dark chocolate. Number two, keep your pets away from all chocolate. Mm-hmm. So, um, sometimes people say, what about white chocolate? White yeah. chocolate contains no cocoa or tiny, tiny amount. It's mainly just sh- sugar, sugar and milk. Um, so, you know, it's fine, but usually it's always packaged up with a milk chocolate somehow. Yeah. So don't confuse top them. Deck. But you can yes. <laughs> Do you chew the top off the top deck? I oh, split them in half. It depends. <laughs> it depends how I'm feeling. But I always... Uh, 
you know, if you want your pet to share in the Easter spirit in those things, you can uh, actually go to your pet stores and get dog-safe carob treats. Okay. So that's the best way to go. And it's good advice, and I know we, we talk about it often. However, um, I was listening to another station this morning, and their topic was, you know, what treats do you give your pets? And it's amazing what some people rang in with. Like one of them um, was sharing their Vegemite on toast each morning with their dog. They were loving it. <laughs> but but the whole thing came about the article saying don't share your hot cross buns, which some people were doing, and, of course, the oh, raisins well, yeah. were, were the other thing. So, so this is that's the other part of it is um, – Grapes and grape products, sultanas and raisins. And uh, like the lilies that Cheryl was talking about, grapes cause kidney disease mm. in dogs. We don't know what the toxic product is in it, and we don't know what the dose is. It seems to vary because I know some people will say, oh, you know, I've been feeding my dog grapes or sultanas for life, and it hasn't made a difference. The problem with kidney disease is you don't know until it's too late. Mm. You know, yep. because um, the body will actually compensate. So, um, and just finally, with that, is uh, chocolate covered macadamias are bad for chocolate is toxic, and so is macadamia. Oh well, I'll just keep those ones to myself as well then. Dogs well, don't get any fun, do they? Was that ever in doubt? Yeah, no, no. it wasn't. Yeah, so good to be mindful yeah. because I know uh, um, some of us with young families or grandkids, you know, you do it the happens. Easter egg hunt. It, so you've uh, got to keep it in your mind. Yes. Hang on, make Where sure the they? dog's removed yes. for the hunt. I'm sure I put six eggs in that you collect here. them all. Mm. <laughs> Things to consider. We're going to go to the phones now, 49216216. Lynn in Cameron Park, you've got a comment about your cats. Hello, Lynn. Oh, have we got Barbara? Uh, you've got Barbara at the moment. Okay, Barbara. <laughs> now, you've got a comment about vitamin C for pets. Uh, no, what it was, uh, we uh, started driving in that and turned the radio on and uh, just at the tail end on the thing on vitamin C and we wanted to find out more about ah, it. Ah, well, that's it. We were discussing in relation to guinea pigs and guinea pigs... Oh, good. We've uh, got guinea pigs. There you go. <laughs> So guinea pigs have a dietary requirement for vitamin C, as do Dalmatian dogs and primates. So if you've got a pet Dalmatian, a pet guinea pig, and a pet chimpanzee, then this is the segment for you. Um, so the uh, particular need with guinea pigs goes up when they're pregnant. So their uh, requirement for extra vitamin C, it needs to be mixed up daily. It can't be just put in their water and left there for three or four days because it'll deteriorate in the sun, it oxidizes, and so you need to make it up fresh. And that's really the biggest dietary problem we see with guinea pigs, uh, that and making sure they get adequate fiber, but making sure they get a source of vitamin C. And a lot of the food that you can buy that's rated for guinea pigs is fortified with yeah. vitamin C. But if, it, if, you're, yeah, if you've got a pregnant guinea pig, I'd always supplement in the water. That's the safest way to go. Hello, Lynn from Cameron Park. Oh, look, hello. Um, I was just in listening to, I think it was Patrice. She had a um, long-haired cat yes. that was having a problem. Yep. With the fur balls, yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, look, I've had Himalayan pedigree um, cats for 40 years, and I find the worst time is when they're shedding. Yes. But um, normally mine, and I have three, will bring them up as, cough it up as a, like it looks like a, cat poo but it's not it's their fur ball but i do give them cat grass which i just bought five dollars and repotted it they don't go outside my cats and sometimes they'll oh they love it sometimes they will 
cough it up. Other times you won't see it for like 24, 36 hours and it will come through with the poo. Yep. I don't know whether that would help the lady or not. That's that's great advice, actually. And that that's um, kind of giving them that fibre to help drag that hair through so that it doesn't get stuck in a particular part of the bowel. Um, and there's a lot of options there for people, and that's a really good example. So thank you, Lynn. Thanks for the call, Yeah, Lynn. thank you for the call. We're going to go to Tony now from Warners Bay. Now, you want to talk about your Labrador. Excuse me. Yeah. Hello? <laughs> Hi, Tony. How are you going? Oh, hi, good, thanks. How are you? Great. What can we do for you? Um, yeah, I've got a Labrador. She's 12 years old, and just recently she stopped wanting to come up the stairs to go to the, like, to come up and with the family mm-hmm. um she gets to the bottom of the stairs and she's just sort of you know hesitant and doesn't want to get up there i figure maybe it's the joints and things like that and i've heard that glucosamine and chondroitin um can be good for them is mm-hmm. that right there's a number of products that are available and and those two glucosamine and chondroitin have been around for a, quite a while uh for dogs and um so we've been using them for well the last couple of decades i think um, yep. Usually we need to specifically diagnose where the problem is in which joints because there are different strategies that we use. The biggest mm. thing that seems to make a difference, and there was a study that was recently published that found that weight control was mm-hmm. the biggest factor to improving the quality of life for dogs with osteoarthritis. Um, by, yep. you know, it beats every other measure, it beats exercise, it beats, like, as in exercise for joint mobility, not exercise for weight control, um, beats any drug therapy, beats any nutritional supplement. Making sure that yep. your dog is at a lean body weight, appropriate yep. for their, uh, you know, their breed and their conformation and so on. So sometimes yep. when you've, you know, you've got an older dog, and Labradors are a classic example, you've been looking at them for the last 10 years and they look exactly the same from when they're 18 months of age to the age of 10. Um, And like us, they sometimes get a bit tubby around the middle. And uh, whatever you can do to help that along, improve uh, their dietary control and get their weight under control will make the biggest difference. However, or not however, but actually added to that, you can also look at things like dietary supplements. So glucosamine, chondroitin could be helpful. Um, yeah. Also, anti-inflammatory medication is sometimes used, and that can be helpful. And nowadays, yeah. also, we're looking at things like massage therapy, um, you know, using laser therapy, uh, rehabilitation yeah. and physio. And we can also do things like uh, stem cell injections into joints, and that's been also producing some remarkable results. So there's, yeah. a, there's a lot to look at there. Um, it starts with diet control. Oh, sorry. It actually starts with diagnosis. So best thing is to have a chat to your vet, get them to have have a look. They might need to do x-rays, things like that. And then they'll be able to set you on a path uh, involving all of those kind of modalities to help your pet live a happier and healthier life. Thank you for your call, Tony. It is Pet Chat 49216216. Tom, you're in Edgeworth um, and you've got a question about your dog, um, an issue with fleas and lice. Yeah, that's correct. Um, I've got a, a cross lab and the uh, she... Got, uh, she's got a few fleas, but she's got like mites on a must be mites on a bite uh, back because she's rubbing it all the time up against my, mm. my brick wall, and um, it's just tearing her fur out. And she just and she's rubbing her bum as well. And I'm just uh, I keep washing her. I keep giving yeah. her um, uh, like the flea stuff, 
but it doesn't seem to be working. What sort of flea preventer are you using at the moment, Tom? Uh, just like a shampoo. Yeah. So um, this is a really common problem. It's pretty late in the season, um, but uh, that's that often happens as well because, you know, the flea numbers build up. And by this stage, um, if we sat down and did the mathematics on flea breeding for you, and I tell you what, that's a... That's a fascinating subject. Um, you would be absolutely astonished at uh, the numbers of fleas and, and different stages of the flea lifecycle that are around in your yard and in the house and so on. It's almost insurmountable. And using a shampoo to try and hold it back is like trying to use a bucket to, you know, empty a swimming pool. You just, that, while it's raining, you're just, oh, okay. you're not yeah. going to get there. Um, Shampoos can be helpful, particularly if you've got a medicated shampoo, because it will actually help the skin, but it's really not going to do too much for the uh, flea control. Um, what we talk about with flea control is the percentage kill, so how many of the adults or different life stages it kills. And I, look, I, depending on the shampoo, it's probably going to be 60 to 70, 80%, um, and how long that lasts for. And a shampoo probably is going to give you 24 hours cover. So we're talking about fleas that are laying thousands of eggs. And so if you're only going to kill 60% or even at best 80%, basically you're going to be leaving, you know, 200 eggs per flea behind. And so that the numbers just go up and up and up. So we really need to get out something that's going to be a lot more effective. And there's lots of different products out there. This is uh, best to speak with your vet because they'll actually design what's the best flea control program it's not just about what's the best product it's what's the best program that depends on you know is your dog inside outside how often do you bath them do they mix with other dogs do you have other dogs do you have cats do you have ferrets do you have rabbits because they all share fleas um luckily we don't share the fleas but if uh the dog's not home and we are the fleas might jump on you so you've really got to find out what's the best program and using a much better flea control product that's okay. going to be yep. more effective. Now, the other side of the coin is the rubbing the skin and everything. Dogs do get irritated by the flea bite, but more importantly, this is an allergy. So one flea bite that occurs on the tip of her nose will make her back end itch and she'll rub it raw. And that's a harder problem to treat. Okay, you still have to get rid of the fleas and do everything you can with that, but you still also then have to treat the flea allergy, and that's a little bit tougher. But it starts with getting onto a really good product and a good program. Thank you for your call. 49216216 is our number. Now, having a quick look at the weather for our sponsor, uh, Snap Freeze Air Conditioning, your Dakin specialist. Looking beautiful out there, sunshine, blue skies, and it's going to be like that uh, right across our long weekend, which is what we want. Right now it is 25 for the coast. If we're in the valley, also 25. Now, looking at our dirty dogs. Now, we're running this each month. Of course, you can head to 2 nurfmcom click on more and we want to see pictures of a time where your dog has been, well, filthy, basically, and you could win a fantastic prize thanks to Dog, dog Overboard. Now, Cheryl, I know that you've just done the draw today. Can you please tell us who our lucky winner is for March? Oh, this is just beautiful. This is Alicia's dog. Yeah, I think it's, um, what's her name for your dog? I think we've got her on the line. Hello, Alicia. Hello, how are you going? Hi, Alicia. Your dog is just gorgeous but very, very dirty. What's your puppy's name? 
uh, Lexi. Lexi. Lexi is... You might remember Lexi Cheryl from Puppy Preschool a few years ago. Oh, of course. There's not a dog in town. Cheryl doesn't know. Well, Alicia, you've won a fabulous prize. Cheryl, please tell Alicia what Lexi's going to experience. Oh, she's going to have a lovely makeover. Is she still that dirty? No. Oh, <laughs> she kept no, her that dirty goodness. all month. Oh, that is just classic. No, she will get a lovely makeover, and I'm looking forward to seeing her again. I'm, I'm imagining she's a lot bigger than the last time I saw her. She is. She is a lot. Alicia, congratulations. Now, Cheryl, you've got such a bleeding heart I think it's beautiful we've done our draw Alicia's our winner but you said to me I need to give away two vouchers uh, for this month so we have a second winner and we'll just announce that uh, Miss Tilly Miss Tilly Divine I can tell you she is filthy <laughs> you can't even tell what breed she is can you David look at that I, I mean I can't we even, do know what she is I can't even see a dog it'll no. be on our website it's but it's just, it's mud. just mud is she Kelpie I don't even know. Yes. She is yes. a Kelpie. Yep. Underneath all of that mud. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, the problem, Cheryl, is that you give her a makeover and it'll last about five minutes. I know. She'll that, go out and jump in the mud. mud. <laughs> oh, beautiful. But she'll be clean for a little bit. Lovely. So congratulations to our two winners. And, of course, you can enter at any time by going to 2NURFM.com. Click on more and then 2NURFM's Dirty Dogs. Now, I think lastly but not leastly, we need to look at our Dog of the Week. And then you've got a quick announcement too, David. Yes. Uh, so our Dog of the Week is Timmy this week. Uh, you can go check him out on our website. He's a one-year-old Kelp. There's a beautiful video of him just lying on his back getting a belly scratch. He absolutely loves it. He's very sweet-natured. He does love the belly rubs. He loves daily walks, and he needs someone to keep him fit and healthy. Uh, perfect for a, a family, you know, with some younger people to be able to, you know, give him those walks and, and activity that he needs. If you do want more information, though, please head to 2NURFM.com. Now, David, what do you need to let us know so about big, today? So big stories come out in the news in the last week about um, some problems with dogs that have developed a condition called megaesophagus. is a really serious condition over the last couple of months, and it's being investigated through a team at uh, Melbourne University. Um, there does seem to be a common link between the dogs, but there's no cause, cause found. But we're, um, advanced dog care have recalled uh, their Dermacare brand of dog food oh, okay. um, to, because they want to make sure that that's not part of the cause. So this is advanced. Adva advanced Vet. Dermacare. Dermacare, okay. Yeah. So all return uh, your unused um, food to point of purchase and you can follow up with them. And I think there's a web link through um, the advanced food as, as well. If you want more information. Yeah. But, yeah, if you've got any of that at home, um, then yeah. return it as soon Take as possible. Take it back to the store where you bought it. Yep. Some really good advice. I think that's just about time for us. We've had Excellent. another busy one. That's it for Pet Chat. Cheryl Shaw, Dr. David Tabret. thank oh. you both so much. Have a wonderful thank Easter. You. Yes. you too. Ingest lots of chocolate eggs. Do not give it to the dogs. Absolutely. Keep it away. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.